Welcome back to the second hour of Leading Edge Medicine. Leading Edge Medicine provides only general medical information. Since everyone's individual situation is unique, you should consult your own physician before taking any action related to your personal health. All content of this program is intended for general informational purposes only. Good morning and welcome to Leading Edge Medicine with Dr. Jerry Mixon and Dr. Samira Umet. Leading Edge Medicine is sponsored by Longevity Medical Clinics and is devoted to helping you feel and function better tomorrow than you do today by providing the newest and most advanced medical care designed to improve both your body and your brain. Leading Edge Medicine will keep you informed regarding the very latest developments in science and medicine while highlighting some of the Northwest's most prominent physicians, all while helping you separate the science from the silly and the facts from the fiction. This is live call-in radio at its very best, giving you the opportunity to participate in the show. And now, here are your hosts for Leading Edge Medicine, Dr. Jerry Mixon and Dr. Samira Umat, along with their co-host, Lynette Morgan. Hi there and good morning. Just after 9 o'clock, we're live in the studio taking your phone calls and uh, hopefully answering some questions for you. Diagnosis and the last question. Yeah, just yeah. a little. Um, One of the depressing ones. Yes, yeah. with a, with no way to, I to much cure pre- it. I much prefer when people call me with something I can Give them some advice and try this. And and say, oh, this is what you need. Yes. Oh, well, we're taking your calls and we'd love talking with you and answering questions. Here is the number to get through today in the studio. 800-465-8770. We were talking about testosterone earlier with John. We now have Joan on the line and she has a question about testosterone as well. Okay. Okay. So testosterone, Joan, what can we do for you? Joan, what's your question? Hi. Uh, Hi. This is a different um, take on testosterone. I have a daughter who's 38. She's transgender. She's been taking testosterone for about 20 years, I think. And I'd like to know what the um, long-term effects are going to be. (sighs) Okay, so she is a biological female who is trying to imitate a man. Is that the situation? Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. well, we don't really know. I mean, that's the that's the fact. Um, okay. This this phenomena of large numbers of adolescent girls uh, wanting to be males uh, is relatively recent. Uh, gender dysphoria has been around for probably as long as there have been human beings. Uh, some men are unhappy with their maleness and some women are unhappy with their femaleness. Until recently, we consider this to, to be a, a significant psychological disorder. These people had, you know, a serious emotional disorders. And the treatment was psychiatric intervention to basically find out why they were so unhappy being what they are and see if we could, you know, bring them in touch with reality. Um, In the 1960s, we had one or two people in Sweden 
who, you know, hit the newspapers because they were the first people that tried to do a transition. They put these, these were men that they put on high dose female hormones and gave them smoother skin. They went underwent a, a lock, electrolysis to destroy the, the, their beards and <laughs> so that they could more closely imitate women. We could get their breasts to grow and stuff with high dose estrogens. And then it became in the last 10 years, quite trendy. It is now the the new anorexia. Instead of teenage girls thinking they're too fat and starving themselves, we now have teenage girls thinking that they're really boys in the wrong body. Um, and so we're, we're doing things to try and masculinize these girls. And we don't really know the long-term effects. Um, I am... I am less worried in some ways with the girls that want to be guys than I am with the guys that want to be girls. Um, and the reason is that testosterone is the primary sex hormone for men and women. Most people don't realize that. In fact, I think most doctors don't even recognize the fact that even in a healthy young 20 year old woman, uh, who is perfectly happy with her gender, she has about two and a half times more testosterone than estrogen in her, in her system. Okay. So testosterone is the primary sex hormone for men and women. Um, with the women, what we are basically doing with their so-called, uh, affirmative, you know, affirming care, gender affirmation, gender affirmation yeah. yeah, is to, damp down their estrogen level and raise their testosterone even higher. Uh, a, a healthy 20-year-old girl is going to have a testosterone level of about 75 or 80 nanograms per deciliter. A healthy 20-year-old man is going to have it up around 1,000 milligrams per deciliter. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> or nanograms per deciliter, rather. And... Um, and so he's going to run 10 or 12 times higher than her. But at least her balance started off more testosterone than estrogen. And all we're doing is shifting that balance even further so that we can try to drop her voice, make her skin coarser, trigger the hair growth in her body so that she gets facial hair and chest hair and so on. Um, Reality, we're probably going to lower her risk of breast cancer significantly. She'll get some breast atrophy from the very high testosterone levels. So unless she started off with a very large breast, she probably won't need to undergo the mastectomies. Mm, okay. uh, girls with modest size are going to shrink down a lot anyway from the high testosterone. Okay. Um, but, you know, when it comes to, to bone marrow issues and cancer issues and, and so on, we don't know the long term. But here's the, part that, here's the part that worries me. If you do not do gender-affirming care with people who have gender dysphoria, 80% of them, it resolves in their 20s anyway, and they become happy with who, who and what they are. So... We're taking kids that in their teens are convinced they're the other gender. And younger. And eight out of oh. ten of them, it, the problem will resolve on its own. They'll actually become quite content with who and what they are by the time they're in their 20s. And we're putting them on an irreversible road that 
they can't go back. They can't shift back to their natural identity because we have made changes we can't undo. Um, and that's what concerns me because eight out, eight out of ten of these kids wouldn't need it. And so I'm thinking, you know, if we're going to do, quote, gender-affirming care, if we're going to, to, go, to use hormonal or surgical interventions to help someone imitate the other gender for their peace of mind, we should wait until their mid to late 20s to find out if the psychological disorder is going to resolve spontaneously like it usually does. We certainly should not be doing it to children. Mm. I'm afraid that's the best answer I can give you. I know you were hoping for something specific, but, you know, it's a new... It's a new enough phenomena we have not followed. Mm-hmm. Until we have followed thousands of these people for 30 and 40 years, we don't know. Now, we have followed s- some of them in Sweden. Uh, Swedish studies are now 30-some years long. And what they're finding is that the suicide rate goes up over time. The more interventions you do to make them uh, imitate the other gender, the higher the risk of them killing themselves in the long run. So you haven't made them happy in the long run. Uh, you know, the, it, the, the argument being made right now is because people with ge- gender dysphoria have a lot of emotional problems to start with. They have depression problems. There's a high instance of schizophrenia, of all sorts of psychoses in these kids. And so they have a suicide rate that is four times higher than the usual general population. So the argument is, well, we have to give them gender-affirming care or they'll kill themselves. Well, it turns out that's not true. When you give them the gender-affirming care, they feel better for a while because you're giving them what they want right now. But in the long run, you actually increase their suicide rate. Mm. And so many countries such as England and Sweden and the Nordic countries where this started are now dialing way back. And they're closing most of these clinics and they're not doing the gender affirming care. The United States is now the holdout and we are way behind them in recognizing the problems. Okay. Okay. All right. Thank All right. you. Oh, thank you uh, for your here. call, Joan. You're welcome. Thanks. All right. Okay, and more and more people probably having to deal with that with uh, loved well, ones and family yeah, members and friends. They are, and you know it is. It has become so socially pervasive that more and more teenage girls, and it's mostly girls, uh, because teenage girls are much more suggestible than teenage boys. There are teenage boys, but most of these people will turn out to say, "Hey, you know what? I am actually, I really am just." the man or the woman I was born to be, I'm just gay. Well, okay. So go live your life. <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, it's it's fascinating. What I was chatting with my daughter about this, my little ten year old, because she's getting classmates now in the fifth grade that are talking about being bi and and transgender and they have no idea what sexuality is about. Mm. These little kids are, you know, they are not even hit puberty yet. No. But it's social pressures mm-hmm. and it's stuff they're seeing online. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I was explaining to my daughter because she asked, Well, does is bi normal or is is gay normal? And I said, Yes, for a certain percentage of the population. 
mammals, not just human beings, sheep, horses, cows, dogs, about two to three percent of them are what have always been considered non-breeders. They will only attempt to breed with the same sex. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Nobody taught and pressured sheep to <laughs> to be gay, <laughs> but two to three percent of them are. Okay. Now, sheep herders, of course, don't like sheep that won't breed because they're in the business of breeding That's sheep. Right. They're not, yeah, they're not <laughs> producing anything. So the ones that, that are gay among the sheep herders, they send them off to be mutton. Okay. <laughs> okay, they get slaughtered. Um, so, yeah, so the sheep herders disapprove. Um, but it's true for all mammals. Uh, a certain percentage of birds uh, will only nest with the same gender. Hmm. Okay. So this is not necessarily a, quote, choice. Uh, some some small percentage of us, their brains are wired differently, and they will be gay. Um, and so that, that's true for sheep, dogs, cats, and people. Uh, so is it good or bad? Well, no, it just is. You know, uh, some folks consider it to be a, a terrible sin. And I say, well, if God didn't want it to be that way, why do you make it that way? You know, <laughs> I mean, come on. Uh, I also point out that, however, that if you look at the Old Testament, Every single prophet chosen by God had more than one woman in his life. So They had a lot of problems. In fact, most of them did because yeah. they're people. They're people. They're just people. But the, but the fact is that you know, the prophets were important people, and alpha males usually collect multiple females, just the way it's always been for all of human history. Okay? Um, so some of the things that we consider socially unacceptable are biologically perfectly normal. We know it's going to happen a certain percentage of the time. And so, which is why I say, if it helps my patient, it is good. If it hurts my patient, it is bad. And other than that, I don't make judgments. My question is, does it hurt or help? If it does neither hurt nor help, then I don't care. It's neutral. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> you know? Yes. Um, so that's, and that's what I was explaining to Ivory is that, you know, a certain percentage of people are going to be this way. A larger percentage of people are going to have some degree of bisexuality. They, under some circumstances, can go with either men or women. And we see that a lot in the prison population. You've got a lot of young men in their teens and early 20s when their sex drive is very, very high. And when they are free, they are heterosexual. They only want to be with women. In fact, many of them are very proud of the number of women they've been with. But when you lock them up in an institution for years with only other men... They take up sex. They take up sex with men. Did that mean they were gay? Well, no. It means they're they are inherently bi. They can do men or women. And when there are no women, the sex drive will out in some way. Mm, okay. Okay. So it all depends on the situation. Okay. All right. And so you know we have to be careful about making our judgments. And me, I try to look at biology. I do the science, I leave the philosophy, the religion to other people. There you go. All right. It's Leading Edge Medicine with Dr. Jerry Mixon, and here is the number to get through with your call, 800-465-8770. Again, that's 800-465-8770. Kay from Seattle will be back to talk with you in just a moment right after this break. Leading 
Leading Edge Medicine. Leading Edge Medicine. For the first time in history, you can choose how to age. Call with your question at 1-800-465-8770. That's 800-465-8770. If you have chronic pain and are considering stem cell therapy, consider the only doctor with over 30 years of experience with pain medicine techniques, including stem cell therapy. And that's Dr. Daniel Nelson, MD, with Eastside Pain and Regenerative Medicine. Here's what a satisfied patient had to say. I would say Dr. Nelson is a great guy. He's very personable, makes you feel very comfortable, as does the staff. Everything went well. I had the stem cell injections, and within a month, I really had a change in my knee. It was uh, unbelievable to me, honestly. I thought there'd be more pain involved with the procedure, and there was hardly any. Uh, It was amazing, and I've told a lot of people about it. After having it for two years now, it worked tremendously. Glad I did it. You should consider stem cell therapy, but call a medical doctor with experience. Dr. Daniel Nelson, MD, 425-823-4000. That's 425-823-4000 or DanielNelsonMD.com. I fly for a living and I change in time zones and all this other stuff and I'm getting colds and when I get a cold, I can't fly. I thought, well, let's give this a shot. I started taking the supplements and I noticed less colds, so I'm just working you know so then i thought well let's try the rest of it but for us it's big improvement and that's why we stay with it life could be a dream life could be a dream life could be a dream if i could take you up in paradise up above if you would tell me i'm the only one that you love life could be a dream sweetheart hello hello again and we're back it's leading edge medicine good morning on this rainy blustery day (laughs) may hopefully you have power generator yeah maybe listening on your app um yeah there we go. Lots of ways people will mm-hmm. figure it out. I had to this morning was packing for our uh, our vacation. Most of it was packed last night. I was so happy. But when I leave, I like to have the beds made, you know, everything <laughs> in its place. The trash is out. All of those things. And you know what? I think we got to 99% of it yep. um, by candlelight and flashlight on the phone. So. See, I did my <laughs> one bit of house chores. Okay. Uh, my wife and I have a pretty traditional division of labor, except... She doesn't like making beds. Oh, okay. And so that is my one and only household chore is every day I make our bed. Oh, I'm going to mention that to my hubby because I'm, I'm up way earlier and out the door before him. So it's oh, like, he oh, should make maybe it. he should. Yes. Yeah, yeah, maybe he will. He does like to do that. Though, well, so. see, but the, the trade-off is we get up in the morning and I make the bed and shave. And then when I come out, I have a full breakfast prepared for Oh, see, see. She's out doing her <gasps> stuff while I'm doing my stuff. There we go. This is good. It's out. All right. What did you have for breakfast this morning? Pancakes. <gasps> Ooh, nice. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect breakfast for today. All right. Leading Edge Medicine. I'm Lynette here with Dr. Jerry Mixon. And this is the number to get through. Phone lines are open. We've got room for you. 800-465-8770. Uh, Let's go to Seattle. We're going to stay right here in Seattle, and we have Kay on the line. Hello, Kay. Good morning. Good morning. Um, I was recently um, diagnosed with breast cancer, mm-hmm. and I'd like information on anti-estrogen um, medication. Uh-huh. Yeah. 
Well, there are several out there. Uh, there are things such as Lupron that shut down everything. And then there are others like anastrozole that just shut down the estrogen production. So, you know, it depends on which ones were, were your doctors are wanting to give you. Um, it's kind of interesting. Estrogen does not cause breast cancer. In fact, many of us are now starting to believe that, that breast cancer is a estrogen deficiency disease. What happens is as your body, as you age, your estrogen levels go down and down and down and down. Breast tissue needs estrogen in order to be healthy. And so when the estrogen levels get too low, a mutation seems to take place in some women in which part of that breast tissue develops its own ability to make estrogens and growth factors. And that breast tissue now is no longer normal breast tissue. It's a malignancy. Mm. And it makes its own growth factors, including the estrogen that it seems to crave. And so we you, we shut down estrogens because that that breast tissue is now making its own estrogen as part of its growth process. And ideally, what we'd love to do is just shut down the estrogen in the breast tissue. Ah, okay. Or better yet, just in the in the tumor. If we could turn off the estrogen production in the tumor, we wouldn't need to shut it down everywhere else because estrogen is beneficial everywhere else. You need the estrogen for your bones. Mm. When we put you on drugs to shut down your estrogen, your bones start to thin out much faster. Oh, making you at risk for... Osteoporosis. Okay. So we we increase the risk of osteoporosis. We increase the risk of memory loss and dementia and verbal skills start to go down and the brain shrinks faster. Uh, The skin ages much faster without estrogen than with estrogen. So you look much older very quickly. So... The, the fact is, if we had our ideal, we just want to shut down the estrogen in the tumor, but we don't know how. Mm. Our only choice right now is we shut it down everywhere or we shut it down nowhere. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. And what it, is your thinking on, on it? I mean, well, statistically, if it were, if it if, were your wife, would you have her? I tell you what, I, I tell you what I would do if, if it were my wife, but it would be something that would be a little bit counterculture. I do know a few doctors that are doing this, but I don't know anyone locally that does it. But there is a doctor up in Michigan that is getting great success. Instead of shutting down all your estrogen everywhere, I would have the compounding pharmacy make us some pellets that had both testosterone and anastrozole. And I would put those pellets, I'd use a a needle, I'd put those pellets in your breast around the tumor Hmm. and raise the level of of anastrozole, which blocks estrogen production, right around the tumor. So we shut down the the, the estrogen production in the tumor and we give you a high-dose testosterone just around the tumor. And what she has found when she does this to women, and this is her specialty, is those tumors just shrivel up and disappear. You wow. dramatically reduce the, the, the size of the tumors by shutting down the estrogen and the testosterone in the tumor itself. Um, and she, yeah, she's published a couple of papers now that have followed p- women up to 10 years. 
with very good results. Good success. Yeah, good success. Wow. So if it were my wife, again, I tend to do things that are not standard <laughs> for myself and my family. Uh, but that's that would be my approach. I would put her on a plane. I would fly her up to see that doctor. And I'd say, you know, let's use your protocol. <laughs> And wow. where was this place in Michigan? Michigan. I think it's in Michigan. Hang on a second. He's going to look up the name. I of have that to doctor. look it up. Okay. And so I've got to get in my my Dropbox, which is where I store all my old papers. And come on, open up Dropbox <laughs> and go into my doctor teaching file. <laughs> And then I need to look at uh, see. You know what? I hate to do this while everybody is just sitting there waiting. Yeah. So, and, so I'll tell you what. One I'm, more I'm question gonna, before. Well, we have, but during the next commercial, I'm going to look sure. up this paper so you keep listening because when I find sure. the paper, I'll give you the reference for the research paper and the doctor's name and where she is, okay? Okay. Okay. And usually right. one of the biggest the biggest problems is osteoporosis. Is, osteoporosis osteoporosis is a big problem. Memory is a big problem. Memory, Heart attacks yeah. go up. Strokes go up. Uh, yeah. yeah. So the, the rest of the body needs estrogen. It's just we're trying mm -hmm. to shut it down in the tumor. And the only way I know to do it just with the tumor is to put things right around the tumor that are locally absorbed. Yeah, because I'm already in a wheelchair. So it's like, yeah, that ain't working mm. <laughs> with yeah. osteoporosis. Yeah. yeah. Okay. okay. Thank you. All You're right, welcome, ma'am. All right, Kay, thank you for that. Now, uh, the pellets, that's something new that I haven't heard about Dr. Mixon. How, like, would they have to put them in again after a certain amount of time? They do last they about three out? months. They yeah, do, they, okay. They last about three months. They dissolve. Okay. They're basically a slow-release matrix, and you can inject them. Some people use this for, for testosterone supplementation in men and women both. Okay. Uh, but you have to stick it, you know, you, you put a much larger pellet if you're trying to get it for the whole body, and you have to put it under the skin. Mm, okay. And the downside, the reason I don't use the pellets much. I, we, we can do it at the clinic if we really have to. I prefer to use creams because I can adjust the dose. If I put a testosterone and estrogen pellet in you, it's there for three months. Ah, so side and effects are there for three months. I can't months. adjust it. If I get in trouble, ah, we're okay. stuck. You're stuck for at least that, that yeah. time period. And so it's much harder to adjust the dosing. If I'm using the transdermal creams mm -hmm. and someone calls me up and says, doctor, I'm having this problem. I can raise or lower the dose that day okay, and, yeah. and solve our problems. Okay. So I prefer the creams. Some people prefer the simplicity of once every three months putting in some pellets. 
Okay. So many options out there that we didn't have many years ago, right, Dr. Mixon? Right. <laughs> You're listening to Leading Edge Medicine. Our phone lines are open for you at 800-465-8770. And we have a phone caller that wanted to be off the air but wanted to give you a question. Um, wanted to know about UTIs, so urinary tract infections, the causes, the symptoms, and some of the remedies. So if you could talk about that for just a few minutes before we take our next break. Okay. Well, urinary tract infections are far more common in women than men, and that's just a function of the structure. Okay. Um, the reality is that, you know, women have a very short urethra. The bladder is very close to the surface. It opens out just above the vagina, and it the, the length of that urethra is only about a centimeter or so, half an inch long. Wow. Okay. And... The fact is that it opens up into a very moist place right at the top of the vagina. Uh, and uh, so things are moist and wet. And as you, when you've had babies, you damage the muscles. And then as you age, the muscles get weaker and weaker and weaker. And that urethra is not held tightly closed. And so bacteria can get back up the urethra into the bladder in women much easier. Okay. With men... The urethra runs the entire length of the penis. Oh, of course. Okay, so that would that makes sense why they wouldn't get it as often. Yeah, and it comes out in a dry area, not in the top of the vagina. And so, you know, we, you, you don't have moisture, you don't have wet, you don't have bacterial growth, and you got a much longer structure. The odds on men getting bacteria coming back up there is pretty low compared to women. Okay. You know? So, yes, as, as women, as the more children they've had and the older they are, both the, the, the amount of trauma they've done to their genital urinary tract with childbirth and the more their muscles shrivel up with age, the higher the risk of chronic infections in the bladder. Okay. Now, she also wanted to know what some of the symptoms were. Usually urinary frequency and okay. urgency. You just have to pee a lot. All the because time. Because the bacteria as they're growing in the bladder, are irritating the bladder. And the bladder gets inflamed and irritated, mm. and so it wants to spasm and tighten down, and that gives you the urge to urinate. But it hurts. It sometimes hurts, yes. yes. It burns because you've got that inflammation down the urethra. And so urinary frequency and... Um, that burning. Discomfort, or, yeah. Yeah, back pain sometimes. Okay, so what would be some remedies? that the doctor would prescribe or have her do or some natural things that can be done to prevent this? There are several things that are they're often tried. Now, obviously, you can use antibiotics if it's an occasional issue. Mm -hmm. If it's a chronic issue, you've got some things. Uh, one thing is to try to strengthen the muscles around the urethra. Hmm. And those are things like Kegel's exercises. There's some, you know, you can look it up online. They'll give you some exercises uh, called Kegel's exercises that will tighten up the muscles in the pelvis. And they both help the vagina be stronger and snugger. Uh, which can improve your sex life anyway, but also can decrease the risk of, uh, of bladder infections. Okay. There are some things we can use that are basically uh, antiseptics as opposed to antibiotics. Okay. Uh, things that you can take that orally that will turn into a mild formalin 
formaldehyde solution in the in the bladder uh, and kill bacteria, mm. or just acidifying the urine with high doses of vitamin C. Ah, using a, a gram of vitamin C three or four times a day, uh, your your body only holds so much, and you kick it out in the urine. Ah, oh, so you kidneys. have to replenish with the so vitamin C. So you have C. to take it every day, but the vitamin C will acidify the urine, and that acidic urine, many bacteria don't grow as well in it. Okay. That's why they say sometimes cranberry juice is good for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And then there's one called uh, D-manus. D-manus. Okay. D-manus is a sugar that human beings can't metabolize. Mm. And so you just kick it out in the urine because you, you your body can't use it. So your kidneys say, well, this stuff is worthless. And they dump it out. <laughs> Get rid of it. They dump it out in the urine. Well, it turns out that the bacteria that cause these infections often have little cilia that allow them attached to the bladder wall. Well, the D-mannose plugs up the cilia, kind of gums it up. Oh, okay. And the bacteria can't hold on. And so they just slide out with the urine. And that lowers your bacterial load. All right. Okay, so hopefully that helped our uh, our listener who had some questions, just didn't want to talk about it on the air. And that's okay, too. But we love talking with you. You are part of our show, and we love hearing from you. And the phone line's wide open right now, 800-465-8770. We can get you right on if you call. 800-465-8770. This is Leading Edge Medicine. We'll be right back. Leading Edge Medicine. Join in the conversation at 1-800-465-8770 and tell your friends to listen. That's 1-800-465-8770. No matter your age, if you are looking to decrease your dependence on glasses at both distance and near, I suggest you go with experience. Pete Talbot here again for Dr. Michael Gilbert at Northwest Vision Institute in Bellevue and Kirkland. He's not just my ophthalmologist and my wife's, my sons, my friends, and all my neighbors, but he was just recently voted Best LASIK in 425 Magazine and has been voted Best Doc in Seattle Magazine many, many times. So whether it's LASIK or RLE or Advanced Cataract Surgery, Northwest Vision Institute will find the best option for you. So if you're over 40 or 50 and haven't had an eye exam for a year or more, here's something you simply won't get anywhere else, an advanced ocular exam. Not that simple eye exam everyone else does. So to schedule your advanced ocular exam, go online at nwvision.com or call 425-450-2020. 425-450-2020. I've been a longevity patient at the Tacoma Clinic a little over three months. I've lost a bunch of weight, improved libido. Uh, I quit drinking wine, which was not easy. I really appreciate what you do. Medicine. My name is Lynette Morgan, along with Dr. Jerry Nixon. Dr. Samira has the weekend off. 
We're here taking your questions and your calls today. We love talking with you. 800-465-8770 is that number to call. 800-465-8770. And Leading Edge Medicine is brought to you by Longevity Medical Clinic. And we still, after over 25 years, are offering to you the free health analysis appointment. That is an opportunity for you to come in, have two tests done, your blood test and an in-body test to find out what your body is at risk for or could be potentially at risk for. Things like sexual dysfunction, heart disease, diabetes, dementia, Alzheimer's, different types of cancers, and so much more. Now, if you opt to take the bigger lab test, that's what I did. You will get even more information about your hormone levels, thyroid, and so much information. Do you have inflammation? What's going on or what could potentially give you problems in the future? And then set a a goal and work with your doctor to add supplements to your diet, exercise, and get healthy because that's what they want you to do and live your life stronger, faster, leaner, smarter, and sexier as you are aging. We're all aging, and you want to do it the best way you can, the healthiest way that you can. So if you're starting to slow down, not remembering things, gaining weight, uh, feeling weaker, you know what? There is something that can be done. Contact us and get in for that free health analysis appointment. Let's get you healthier for the new year. Here's the number to call to make your appointment. It's 866-86-YOUNG. That's 866-86-YOUNG. Or you can go online to lmclinic.com. That's lmclinic.com. All right. We're taking your phone calls. And Dr. Mixon, you were looking up some I things I was, there. yeah. And the doctor is a Rebecca L. Glazer, D-G-L-A-S-E-R. So Rebecca Glazer, G-L-A-S-E-R. She's actually in Ohio, it turns out. For some reason, I was thinking Michigan. Okay, and this is for Kay in Seattle, who uh, had the breast cancer and wanted more information. That's right. Okay. So Rebecca Glazer. Rebecca Glazer. And uh, she's at the Millennium Wellness Center in Dayton, Ohio. Okay. Okay. So that's how you can find this, uh, the doctor that is doing this research. And she's got papers, several mm-hmm. papers published now in um, Maturis and in uh, uh, breast cancer journals. Okay. With you can read some results. information. And so she's somebody that if, if it were my wife, I'd want to talk to Dr. Glazer. Okay. Thank you, Dr. Mixon. All right. Leading Edge Medicine. We've got a phone call on the line from Bellevue. Ray is calling in. Hi there, Ray. Good morning. Hello, Ray. Hey, good morning. Hey, I was wondering if you had the receipts on that um, 80% fact that you gave out. Do you got a name of a paper or a survey or a study that that, oh, the gender dysphoria. The gender dysphoria. Oh, yes, yes. Yes. Sir. Yeah. There's a yeah. There's a lot of studies on it, and and also on the long-term suicide rates. Yeah, I don't. Uh, Where would I find I mean, them? Obviously, back? what? Where would you find that? You were Where wanting to look them back? up, or well, you go find out to more? well, one place you go is to PubMed. Uh, you know, PubMed.org or PubMed.gov. It's a it's a website put on by the National Institute of Health. And, uh, and they how you basically, for that? well, you put in the keywords. I put in gender dysphoria, put in uh, uh, suicide, put in you know uh, uh, 
gender dysphoria resolution. I mean, there's a whole series of keywords you can use to look, and you'll you'll get dozens and dozens and dozens of papers will come up. Uh, you know, what you're looking for are the long-term studies, the ones that go out for 20 and 30 years instead of the ones that are six months to a year. Because almost anything you do to people short-term makes them feel better. There's a, Especially when you're talking about human sexuality, there's a very powerful placebo mm-hmm. effect. You know, uh, you give people uh, sugar pills and tell them it's going to make their sex life better, and it will. Uh, it's, there's, a, there's a certain amount of belief connected because this is, you know, sexuality is a very subjective experience, but subjective experiences are subject by their very nature to placebo, to, you know, want, wanting something to happen. And so it does um, the long term impact, because what we're doing to people is something we're going to do to them for the rest of their life. And so you really want to know what's happening 20, 30 years over. And most of that is now being looked at by the Nordic companies, the the Swedes and so on, that started doing this back in the 60s and now have long-term effects to look at. And as a consequence, they are being very, very now selective and cutting down the number of, of people that they will do um, you know, gender affirmation procedures on. Uh, they, they limit it severely and they absolutely have outlawed it in children, in minors, because their experience has been that it resolves in the vast majority of people over time. And that's right. why we're getting... Well, I agree we're, with you. I want to... Yeah. So, yeah, I've, I've got the papers sequestered, you know, set aside in a file, but... I don't like to take the time while I'm here on the radio to, to look go up dig them my up. papers. <laughs> yes. you know, I've, I've only got about 6,000 papers in my file. <laughs> there we go. And that's just today. Mm-hmm. But PubMed.org or PubMed.gov yeah. will give you some information. If you just put in PubMed, mm-hmm. uh, it'll, it'll give you, you know, the links to get there. And then and search. Yeah, so it's a National Institute of Health uh, right. database. And it's got essentially right. yeah, every paper... Before. Yeah, okay. it's got every paper that's been published in the last 30 years. Okay. All right. Is that helpful so for you, you, Ray? This stuff, well, I guess we'll find out if I can find it. Um, yeah. why, why do you think that this, this kind of, these studies just aren't being brought out by, you know, the press? Because... I mean, if, if you know this and, and you're not, I mean... Alan, I'm not the only well one that knows this. A doctor. <laughs> you're a well-researched pre- doctor. I mean, there's other got to be other people out there that have come there out. Are. Obviously, they've published them, and they're in a database. Sure. Why is this crap being pushed on our kids? Because I, I, it's I know you it's talked trendy. about it before, it's, you yeah, know, it's, but, but I'm just kind of like, why is it not getting the, out there? Why aren't people just saying, here's a study, you know, Because on it's the progressive. It's the progressive line you only hear remember they shut you down if i went and tried to put these papers on facebook or online you'd get canceled you get canceled yeah Yeah. you get canceled they stop you you know they they uh the powers of be don't want it put out and they can stop it you know because they the progressives are in charge of big tech and, you know, Google and Facebook and Apple and so on will basically say, no, you cannot publish these papers. The science be damned. Right. They only right. want to, they only right. want out there what they want out there. 
And look how well that's doing. Yeah, well, it works very well. Uh, yeah. uh, right. I, I read. I read with Twitter. You know, a lot of big uh, companies are pulling out because he's afraid they're going to. Uh, well, yeah. Twitter's losing four million dollars a day. Really, you know. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Well, <laughs> they're like afraid. Finally, he thought maybe something good was going to happen there, and here you got these big companies. You know. They'll come around. Shove their stuff down our throats. Yeah. But they want to advertise. You know, they'll pull out for a while, but they want to advertise. And, you know, if they right. if they can't sell. But right now, you know, marketing, advertising is a very different, difficult environment. Uh, people are pulling back on their ads everywhere. Uh, we're seeing this on all the radio and TV stations. They're all going desperate because uh, people are afraid to buy. Yeah. I'm seeing this with Relief Factor. Mm. You know, we were selling about 1,800 new customers a day for a couple, for several years. And all of a sudden, you know, January, mid-January this year, it suddenly dropped. And it's when people got afraid of the economy. Yeah. The inflation and the recession has resulted in people not buying. And if people don't buy, then your marketing gets far more expensive per customer acquired. So you pull back on your marketing. Yeah. And that's just right. the way it is. Hey, and you so, know, I... Twitter will feel that. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Uh, that relief factor, you know, I, I, I listened to you for years. I thought you were the one who, who invented that. I did. Yes. And I own 84% well, your, your of the company. Your says doctors, <laughs> says plural, doctors. And well, there because... Was a while, there was a time yeah. when Pete Talbot... Not, Pete, is yeah, that his name, I Pete know. Talbot? Yeah, Pete. He, Not he a was, doctor, though. Him and his son were, 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 were claiming that they invented yeah, it. You know? yeah, I thought, yeah. what? They each owned 10% of the company, and I am buying out their oh, shares. Okay. okay. So, yeah. So, they later they said, well, we're founders. Well, they were there when I founded the company. Not doctors, though. <laughs> they weren't doctors. But, yeah, I consulted right. no, with no, several yeah. physicians. There were several of us that got together and said, hey, what should we use? What will work, et cetera? I did the primary research, right. you know, passed it by several other guys. And But since... Uh, Always, I never owned less than 80% of the company, and now as I'm buying out their shares, here in a bit, I'll own it all. <laughs> so, Yeah. It's, well, it's a great product. Thank you for it. Yes, it is. You're welcome. And I'm, look, they, I'm looking forward to trying the sleep product. I haven't tried that yet, but I, I heard that you said it was going to be available pretty soon. It is. Well, yes. if you go to relieffactor.com and look under products, oh, it is available now? it's there. Yeah, yes. it's available now. Called oh, Sleep. Okay. Okay. Nice, easy name to remember. Sleep. Yeah. Oh, yes. You got to try it, Ray. Yep. All right. Thank you very much. You're Thank welcome. You so much Take for care, your sir. call. Bye-bye. All right. We have some more minutes left and another phone call to get to. And we can, well, we still have room for your call, too, at 800-465-8770. That's 800-465-8770. Stay on the line. Cindy from Tacoma will be back with you in just a moment. If you or someone you love is struggling with memory issues, find out about Longevity Memory. Call Longevity right now to schedule your memory consultation evaluation. 425-654-0258. That's 425-654-0258. 
Longevity Medical Clinic is happy to announce that Longevity Development, the business and marketing arm of Longevity Medical Clinic, has entered a strategic management relationship with Paramount Pharmacy. As a medical clinic, we cannot tell anyone where they have to go to fill their compounded prescriptions. We can only make suggestions. But for the last two years, we have referred our patients to Paramount Pharmacy for three key reasons. Excellent quality control excellent pricing, and excellent customer service. And now, due to our new management oversight and relationship, Longevity Development and Paramount are actually working together to better serve our patients. A team approach to better health care. It truly can make a difference. And now, to celebrate and to convince you that we truly feel we can better serve your health needs while saving you money, Paramount has agreed to make an offer to all new patients willing to give Paramount a try. On your first prescription only, Paramount is offering you a 90-day supply for their 30-day cost. That's right, a 90-day prescription for the 30-day cost. All you need to do is call Paramount at 425-251-1660. It's as simple as that. Call 425-251-1660. I'm just so pleased and I just want people out there to know that it just made a difference. I never ever had this much energy before as long as I could remember. And I cannot believe the difference in my husband. Eternally changing him. I mean he's honestly getting more confident. And just listening to the radio, you think, oh, you know, it's an advertisement. But when you're actually here and going through it, it's just a life changer. This is Leading Edge Medicine. My name is Lynette, along with Dr. Jerry Nixon in the studio. We have a little over 10 minutes left of our show today. Live in the studio this week, next week, of course. And uh, wow, uh, as we make it through fall and into the holidays, we invite your calls, your questions, your concerns. We love talking with you each week here on Leading Edge Medicine. Here's the number to get through, 800-465-8770. That's the number that Cindy just called. Cindy's calling in from Tacoma. Hi there, Cindy. Hello. Good morning. How can we help, Cindy? Good morning. Uh, I have a question. I was at the urologist asking uh, what one can do to sort of prevent UTIs. And he said, well, they are sometimes giving some uh, estrogen. Um, I'm not quite sure how but if you've had cancer they don't they don't do that and i said well i take estriol Uh and he and i have had breast cancer in the past right and he said don't take it stop he's wrong um estriol is a anti-cancer estrogen See, estrogen is not a hormone. Estrogen is a class of hormones. Okay, the primary hormone that fe- that will that the breast cancer makes is estradiol. Um, but 
estriol is a terminal estrogen. Uh, pregnant women make a lot of it because they're raising their hormone levels very high, and the estriol helps protect pregnant women from getting breast cancer as we're boosting all of their hormones through the moon during the pregnancy. Um, but, yeah, the, uh, the best... Uh, the best thing you can do for a woman who can tolerate estrogens, estrogens actually help to prevent uh, breast cancer, not breast cancer, they help to prevent uh, bladder uh, infections by improving the muscle tone mm, okay. in the, both the urethra and the vagina. And so as women lower their estrogen, they get more and more urinary tract infections. And if you're going to use an estrogen in a woman who's at high risk for breast cancer, such as she's had a breast cancer in the past, estriol is the estrogen that I would use. Okay. I'll continue with it then. That kind of worried me. Yep. Okay. And that's what my mom was was told at 91. Yes. Uh, Estrogen. They wanted the S-string for her. Yeah. But the S-string is estradiol. Okay. And so, you know, that one is the same estrogen that the breast cancer is making. Okay. But estriol, the breast cancer can't use it. Okay. Okay. So. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Take care. (laughs) A note for the fellow that was... That called about the, the oh, yes, study for, for transsexuals. Yes, Ray and okay. Bellevue. Here is what you type in if you want to find probably the best long-term paper. This is a 30-year study done in Sweden. And the name of the study is Long-Term Follow-Up of Transsexual Persons Undergoing Sex Reassignment Surgery. A cohort study in Sweden. <laughs> I think the description, the title is pretty descriptive. Yes, it tells you exactly the information you're going to get. So long-term follow-up of transsexual persons undergoing sex reassignment surgery cohort study in Sweden. That's the total thing. And the study was done from 1973 to 2003. Okay. So it's not a new study. It's been around a long time. And there are now a couple of follow-up studies after that. So then once you get that study, you can see the authors, and then you can put in the authors' names and see what papers they've published since then, and you'll get the follow-up studies, too. So, All right. Okay. Okay, Well, just a few minutes left as we're waiting for that next call. Those lines are wide open, 800-465-8770. What else are you reading there, Dr. Mixon? You always have so much good information. I'm just going to give you the conclusions from this this 30-year study. Okay. Okay. The conclusions, persons with transsexualism after sex reassignment have considerably higher risk for mortality, suicidal behavior, and psychiatric morbidity than the general population. Okay. Our findings suggest that sex reassignment, although alleviating gender dysphoria, may not suffice as treatment for transsexualism and should inspire improved psychiatric and somatic care, etc., so okay all right all right thank you for that and ray i hope you got that information uh you want to give that title again what you were searching for on pubmed <laughs> that long title i didn't look for it in public med i oh, went oh, into my okay. own file where i had and i just had it under transsexual got it okay <laughs> so in my own file so that was one of the let me count real quick one two three four five six seven eight 
12 papers that I have in my personal file. Okay. Transsexual reassignment procedures. Yep, we get those questions um, often on the show. So, all right, we have Seattle caller Robert calling in. Good morning, Robert. You are the last call today. So, how can we help you? Oh, goody. Yeah, I just want to have a question about uh, what I can do. I, I'm, I'm, my hair is thinning out from COVID, I think, so I've been uh, microneedling <laughs> right. and putting uh, and putting minoxidil on there, and uh, uh-huh. you know, doing everything I can, uh, ketoconazole to try to make mm-hmm. my hair surrender and grow. Sounds like you're doing uh, it all. <laughs> yeah, is there anything in the way of DHT that I should be doing to try to block DHT besides the ketoconazole? Um, well, you can. And this involves the doctor writing you a prescription for a transdermal, um, mm. uh, usually as a liquid, uh, mm. finasteride, which is a pill that I don't like mm. when taken orally. Finasteride is a yeah. DHT blocker. Mm. They make a one milligram for hair growth. The problem with it is when you take it systemically, take it by mouth, a significant percentage, almost 16% of the men will lose their sex drive. And after mm-hmm. six years, it doesn't come back if, if it's lost. Uh, but you can have the, the compounded pharmacy make a, a dilute solution of that and apply it directly to the scalp. So you get a pretty good dose of it in the hair follicles, but not in the rest of your body. Okay, so well, I'm already worried about minoxidil, so I don't think I would go with the finasteride. I'm worried about the minoxidil coming <laughs> yeah. to my body. Uh, know, another thing I'll say is I, I do have a comment, uh, uh-huh. and I consider I've listened to you for quite a while. A while. Uh, you're refreshing to listen to. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you some praise here. I hope you can stand it. And, <laughs> Absolutely, and I think you're Robert. Very even. I think you're very even tempered, and I think you're right. Ninety nine point nine percent of the time, I like your politics. I like your sense of morality. I know that you want to help people. Mm-hmm. And uh, yep. the only thing I would say is I'll make a, I'll make a small comment. Okay. It's just that uh, I don't think that, that the idea of uh, something happening in nature means that it would be permissible for human beings is accurate because, yep. you know, praying mantises eat their mates' heads and bears <laughs> kill the kitties. And there's all kinds of examples of things that are in nature. I, I just, my opinion is, and I don't think you're far away from this at all. But my opinion is that the Lord is not nature, but has actually made men to uh, be able to, uh, you know, reach a higher nature, uh, nature. And I think that many young men in prison do not succumb to sex with other men. And I think that when you read the papers, you find that many people do evil things, but many people do not. So I think there's real uh, variability and real choice can be had uh, there. That's all. I, yeah, no, I am a, I am a firm believer in human freedom. You know, and and mm-hmm. so you you do make your choices, but <clears throat> most things and and sexuality along with height, weight, talents, and any in many ways follow a bell curve. And there's a small percentage of people that would absolutely die before they would have sex with the same sex, and others that would die before they'd have sex with the opposite sex. And most people some are somewhere on that bell curve. Um, and, you know, but the morality of it is different. But uh, here, here's my philosophy about what the good Lord wants and doesn't want. OK, we're talking about a being and I am a deist. I believe there is a God and he, he created us. But this is a being who 
created this galaxy with a hundred billion suns and who knows how many planets and who knows how many living creatures in it. And then a hundred billion galaxies, every one bit as big and complex as ours. This being does not meet, need my help to enforce his rules. All right. Uh, if, if you offend, if you offend God, it's up to God to punish you, not me. Uh, he didn't ask for my help. He doesn't expect my help. And I figure if he wants to punish someone, he will. My job is to help human beings when I can and live my own life by my lights. And if I make God happy, that's good. And if I make him sad, well, he'll let me know about it. Uh, <laughs> but it's not up to you or anyone else to punish me. And it's not up to me to punish you. So... <laughs> I leave it at that. Yeah. I believe that's totally. I believe that's totally correct. It's not my job. Uh, that's right. But I think that the Lord has uh, made uh, pronouncements, and uh, it's not my job. But it's neither is it my job to try to uh, obscure any part of those pronouncements. And Absolutely. I believe those pronouncements are real. So. Yep. And but yeah, I mean, you're right. I mean, and that's one big problem is people wanting to punish other people. I agree with you there. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, that's wrong. Bullying people is wrong. Punishing people is wrong. So I agree with that. Okay. Take care, my friend. Robert, thank you so much for calling in. Mm Bye-bye. All right. Oh, look at that. 30 seconds left on the show today. What a show. Lots of information here. Lots of different topics, as always. And we'll be back next week live right here in the studio as well for Leading Edge Medicine. You can contact us always by calling 866-86-YOUNG. That's 866-86-YOUNG or find out more about us online, lmclinic.com. On behalf of Dr. Jerry Mixon, I'm Lynette. We'll see you next week right here on Leading Edge Medicine. Have a great weekend. (coughs) 